Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are speaking with DJ Scott Messina, who works many, many Walt Disney World weddings, all about the process of looking for and selecting a DJ for your Disney's fairy tale wedding. Welcome, Scott. Hey, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, it's an honor. I appreciate it. Well, I was really excited to talk to you because I want to get the inside scoop to help brides and grooms who maybe they get to this part of their wedding planning and Disney gives them a list or Disney says, well, just tell us what kind of DJ you want and we'll find one for you. And they're thinking, well, I'd like to be a little more hands-on than that. So I'm hoping today that you can share some of your expertise and suggestions for people when they need to pick a DJ. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a lot of knowledge. I've been there for going on 12 years a lot of good people over there, a lot of good guys to choose from, and uh, yeah, so let's get started. Let's do this. All right. So now, how did you get into DJing Disney weddings? Well, I, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm a musician first and foremost. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area originally, and um, while I was up there, I was doing these wedding band things and playing different weddings and this and that and videotaping weddings, and finally, I, you know, to make a long story short, <laughs> or, or longer, if you will, I basically went to a wedding one time and I saw the DJ and it was, it was a regular American wedding and the DJ did not speak English. And I saw that, you know, deer in headlights, you know, the bride was just like, Oh my God, is this really happening? And it really happened. And from that point on, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to put this on my shoulder, take the responsibility and become a D go into DJ world. So my goal was always to become, you know, I, I love Walt Disney World. My family loves Walt Disney World. We all moved down here back in 1999, and I, my goal is to become one of Disney's top DJs and work as hard as I can to make people as happy as they can be. And uh, it, the, the audition process over there is, is quite uh, intimidating. Basically, um, there's thousands of DJs that audition annually um, around the world to become a Walt Disney World DJ, and there's probably – don't don't quote me on this. But I, I believe there's like 35 to 40 of us that are actually offered contracts on a yearly basis, entertainment contracts. And, um, you know, there's very few of us and only the best of the best are given the opportunity to do the Disney's fairy tale weddings and become a, you know, Disney wedding DJ. So it's quite an honor to be over there, you know, very blessed in that respect. And so how many weddings would you say you do there a year? Oh, my goodness. Wow. We had... 300 slated I, I don't do all 300 but i'm saying i mean i know i know we we've been rocking it's been very very um because see every day is a saturday at disney so <laughs> you, you don't just wait for your saturday wedding i mean i've done weddings 9 a.m on a monday morning um at living seas at epcot and people are like who who parties who who's ready to have a reception at 9 a.m well if you think about it that's like three or four o'clock in the afternoon in london so the Brits are ready to roll. They're ready to party, they're, you know, and, and get it on. And um, it, it's kind of cool because you're like on world tour at, at Disney World here in Orlando and, and you never have to leave home. And, and 
that that's one really really cool thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I, it's really hard to say. I mean, sometimes I could do three or four a week. Um, other times I you know do two to three a month. Um, it just really depends on the time of year as to how busy and we all are. What are your most busy months? October is always a rocking month. October is crazy. July's been surprising me a lot. Um, but but July and August, I mean, I, I always laugh. We we had a decent summer, but summer in Orlando in general, not just at Disney, but you know across the board, it gets so hot that right. you know I, I don't know how many people want to put on tuxedos and and come down. But we we stayed steady. Um, at least I stayed steady. I can't speak for everybody, uh, but I stayed pretty steady this this past summer. Um, but September, October, fall is huge. Uh, Christmas weddings are huge. Um, every, you know, so I, I think the weakest months I would I would say would be. I would have to say would be the summer months because, of course, when you get into January and February, you're talking Valentine's Day, you know, Lover's Month and all that good stuff. So, Right. So now what all is included in your DJ setup? When somebody hires DJ Scott, what what comes with you? <laughs> well, first, you know, first and foremost, Disney allows their brides to book one year in advance. So say I get requested, you know, I've gotten a couple calls for, you know, a lot of calls for 2013 and people are saying, Hey, can you, can you hold this date? Can you hold that date? And you know, it's, it's humbling. I mean, you know, I'm really happy about that. So when they go to the wedding coordinator and they're going through the process, basically the weddings we do, we bring complete sound systems, all the music, wireless mics, microphones, and us, we get there and it depends on what location the bride and groom are getting married at. For example, at the Grand Floridian, you know, which is, I would say one of the most pristine locations at Walt Disney World. We walk in there and the lighting packages, I mean, you know, are beautiful. I mean, they, they have the castles on the wall and then Disney's in-house production company does a wonderful job making that place look as magical as possible. So we'll walk in there. I believe they, they all part of the DJ package, but we'll walk in there and, and it'll be set. We, but we set up all the audio and make sure the audio is as pristine as the beauty of the room. Take, for example, Animal Kingdom. You know, I'll go and, and do a wedding in Africa, and I'll bring my my up lights. I'll bring my lighting for the dance floor, and I, and I'll be you know asked to to provide the lighting. It just depends on the location, where we're at, and what exactly the bride is looking for, and uh, all it encompasses. That's interesting. Uh, and also, you said something back at the beginning about how brides will sometimes call you to have you pencil them in, so to speak, even though they're booking you through Disney, they want to make sure that you're going to be available. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, what happens is generally um, Disney will, will call me. So they'll, they'll like if somebody wants DJ Scott Messina, my brother is also a, a approved Walt Disney World wedding uh, DJ as well. So if they ask for Scott Messina or Tony Messina, they'll tell one of the wonderful wedding coordinators. The wedding coordinator will tell DEG, which is Disney Event Group, and then they'll call me up and just ask me, hey, do you have this date available? Can you hold it for us? No problem. I'd be honored. And, and that's kind of the process. Um, and that's the one beautiful thing I love about Disney, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I, I'm sure. But it's just the level of perfection and, and the system, you know, the business model and the system and, and, and how things work, you know, makes my life easy because I can concentrate on what I'm best at. And so, that, so yeah, they call me. I've had a couple of brides call me directly and uh, they'll say, Scott, you know, I know they're not letting us book for a year, but please put this date. And then, then what I'll do is I'll call the managers over at weddings and I'll say, hey, listen, this bride, um, we probably don't may not have her on the books just yet, but I want you to let you know that she has inquired, you know, cause I mean, it's kind of easy to get a hold of online, you know, people know how to use Google. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they'll use Google and, you know, like I said, it's flattering. That's the word I was looking for earlier. It's flattering. And, uh, you know, I just try to do the best I can. 
Now, this is maybe a little incendiary of a question, but I'm curious about your thoughts on having a DJ versus having an iPod. And I'll let you know right off the bat that we had an iPod at our reception, but we did it because it was a brunch reception and we just wanted background music. So I'm totally not anti-DJ. It was just what we were going for. But I'm curious, you know, if you can talk about the pros and cons. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, what I say, I don't want to I don't want to offend you in any form or fashion. I just, you know... It, it depends on the situation, but I mean, there really is no comparison. I mean, if you're talking Disney wedding or non-Disney wedding, I mean, there's really no comparison. I mean, the iPod, to use an iPod on the most important day in your life, I mean, I, I wouldn't think would cross anyone's mind. Now, in your scenario, saying it was a brunch and it was just, you know, a small intimate wedding and it was just like, you know, absolutely, you know, to each their own. And I'm not, I'm not there's one judge and it's not me. I'm not here to judge, but I'm just talking on an entertainment perspective overall, I, I would probably rather have a acoustic guitar player or a pianist personally. But like I said, it's it's subjective and it's just individual opinion as to <laughs> what, what form of entertainment someone wants. Um, right. And, and I think that's a good point because they're two different things. Like for one thing, I had to work my buns off planning five hours of music. I had to put it in the order that I wanted it and make all these different playlists. And then we had to get somebody to run the playlist. So iPod is not necessarily easier. It may be cheaper, but I feel like a DJ is when you want to have a party atmosphere and you want to have some who keeps it going and gets people on the dance floor, and that really can't be replicated by an iPod. You, you were able to experience what we go through. The interaction, I mean, the human interaction and personality, professionalism, the entertainment value of what the Disney DJs have to offer, I mean, it, it's important to keep guests engaged. I mean, if you want to just do, you know, a cocktail, some mimosas, and and, and, and it's funny, and I, and I might be bringing this up a little prematurely, um, but, you know, the book... I, I was telling you about wedding perfection that, that I authored. It, actually, there's a whole chapter dedicated to this, and and it's just really giving ideas. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to be honest with you. You know, there really isn't. It's it's what you what you're looking for. This is what I tell people: fifteen to twenty years from now, people aren't going to remember whether your whether the bride's dress was off white or whether the London broil was a little overcooked. They're going to remember did they have a great time or not at your wedding. Right. And and or and it works in reverse. They're also going to remember if your wedding wasn't as fun as maybe another wedding. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> so so I always tell people never under budget your food, never under budget your entertainment. Um, you know, because you get what you pay for. And and but it's also, you know, personal likes and dislikes. And if you got I, I think one wedding I did at Disney, they hired me. It was a British wedding. I had eight people for six hours. <laughs> Now, what am I, you know, I'm thinking to myself, wow. And I look at it as a challenge. It was awesome because the beautiful thing about British weddings is unlike American weddings, the Brits give the longest toasts in wedding history. <laughs> the British will talk. I mean, the, the, each one of them will go a half an hour each on the mic. I, I, I think I had to even change my battery on my wireless mic because <laughs> they were rolling. And it was wonderful because it just it bought me some time, if you will. And then they got up, they partied. It was, it was just a wonderful event. But I, I could have seen, my, my point of that is I could have seen eight people using an iPod and I think they would have, they would have been good. Interesting. Now, to assuage some fears of some of our listeners, I know there's sort of a perception that if you have a DJ, it means that they're going to have these crazy props and you're going to have to do the chicken dance and all this cheesy stuff you don't want to do. Is this true or can you have a DJ without doing cheesy things? <laughs> 
Uh, I get this all the time. And, and you know, the, these DJs out there that are on YouTube, worst DJ ever, and this and that, they, they, they just make our lives so much, so much harder than it needs to be. <laughs> you know, and as soon as you think, as soon as you think Disney DJ, you automatically think the Mickey hands are coming out and the Mickey ears. Well, you know, I'm here to tell each and every bride that's out there listening and each and every groom, I do my best to make weddings cool and sleek and fun and hip. Okay. The old wedding singer with the blue ruffled tux, those days, that is 80s. That is Adam Sandler back in the days. I, I really, I, I don't do, I mean, now, no, don't get me wrong. That's specifically requested, like our big Italian weddings. Oh, yeah. They want to do the Tarantella. <laughs> they want to do the chicken dance because it's, it's tradition to them, you know, and that's fine. We're not afraid to do it. We'll rock it out in and, and, and a heartbeat. But as far as, the corniness and, 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 and my number one rule, and I've been doing this, what I've been in business since 1992. So for 20 years, my number one rule has been forced fun is no fun at all. What that means is this, say you have a hundred people at your wedding. If I have to get up there and force a hundred people to jump up out of their seats to do the chicken dance, that is no fun for me. And that is no fun for them. My number one rule is let the party take its own course. And, and, and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. And I also tell people, invite your fun friends that, and, and family members. Of course, you know, not all family members are going to be fun. But I, I, get, I get so many brides and grooms saying, oh, my God, Uncle Billy got out on the dance floor, and, and, and he's never danced in his life. And, and to me, that is just a winning statement. That's like, wow, I got this guy out there, and he's never been out on the dance floor for 40 years. That's great. Yeah. Now, do you accept must-play or do-not-play lists or on-the-spot requests? Because I know at least as a bride and a control freak, I would have had huge do-not-play lists, and I would have had must-play lists, and I wonder if the DJ would have found that kind of restrictive. That, that's the difference between dealing with Walt Disney World DJs and maybe other DJs um, that aren't as qualified as, you know, as, as we are. And, and what I mean by that is do not play lists are extremely important. Okay. Um, there is no arrogance. You know, we're only as good as our last show is what, is what we like to say at the end of the day, we like to listen. Um, and, and absolutely we take requests. What you get sometimes is they might have a do not playlist. And then as the parties progress and people are, you know, are enjoying their libations and, and people go, Oh, play this song, play the song. If it's on that do not playlist, I will not play it. I'll say, I, I, I cannot play that song. But if you want to select another song, I'd be more than happy to play that for you because I want to make everybody happy. That's the ultimate goal. Right. Um, what I do tell, like during the process, I will send each of my brides and grooms a what I call a DJ itinerary template. This is a couple of weeks before the wedding, about a month before their wedding, to where they have most everything already organized. And I'll have them fill that out and get it back to me. Basically what it is, it's a blank template with this perfect order, which they can adjust any way they like. Um, they tell me who they want introduced, um, what song they want to be introduced to, uh, what their first dance is going to be. If there's going to be a father-daughter dance, mother-son dance, cake cutting of, in most cases, of course. Garden and bouquet, a lot of people are veering away and just doing the uh, bouquet toss because there may not be a lot of single people or they don't want you know it to get out of hand because grandma's sitting there. So um, <laughs> it's real trendy. But, but at the bottom of this, uh, of this itinerary, uh, I have a survey. And basically on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, I have all styles of music listed um, from top 40 to country, hip-hop, jazz, reggae, disco, 80s funk, um, you know, old school vanilla ice kind of stuff. And, and they can rate each one. And I know if I get a bunch of zeros under rock, 
they don't want rock to be played. Right. <laughs> you know, um, if basically under that is the top 10 to 15 must plays and top 10 to 15 do not plays. Now, you brought up a good point a second ago. The micromanaging of the song list is very ill-advised, and this is why. What, what I try to convey, like I had one bride one time. This wasn't a Disney wedding. Um, but she came to me, and, and she, was, she basically gave me 200 songs. And she was like, play all these songs back to back. Now, now this bride needed an iPod. Yeah, this I was going to say. Well, it sounds like example. a iPod would have been perfect for her. <laughs> and I literally, because see, we're the ones up there. It's our reputation at stake. Everybody's staring at us. We want to make everybody happy. But like I said, you're only as good as your last performance. There's so much psychology that goes into this. And the most crucial part of the moment, you know, where, where I know I can get the dance floor instantly packed and it's so important, she wanted any money. And I'm like, okay, there's nothing against any money. I love any money from the 80s. No problem at all. But that wasn't the place at the time. A. B, you're never going to fit 200 songs in a three to four hour reception. It's just impossible. So what I always tell everyone is, hey, give me your top 10 to 15 must plays, your top 10 to 15 do not plays, and let me do what I do best. If you trust in me and the thousands of brides that you know, I've made happy that I still stay in touch with so many of them, I promise the experience will be unbelievable. People will talk about your wedding for, for so many years to come. And uh, usually it works. Usually they understand and they're like, okay, cool. That's great. Yeah, so. Now, what happens when the Disney characters show up? Not just the face characters, but also if they hire, like, the tacky tourists or the wedding crashers or whatever. How do you work with them to sort of continue the show? It's, it's I mean, it just comes, it comes natural. I mean, for example, like, if a bride or a groom, or even at a convention or whatever, if, but if a bride or a groom want the characters to just come in there and sign autographs, I mean, of course... Disney does whatever they can to abide to, you know, what the bride and groom want. The best scenario and what, what I try to do, I guess every DJ has their own way of how they handle it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And but there's kind of a procedure, but it's kind of an unset, un, unspoken word. What I like to do is this. I stop everything. I get people on their feet and I ask them, are y'all having a good time? Are y'all? And I start getting, getting hyper, getting hyper and everybody's screaming, going crazy. I'm like, well, it's getting ready to get better. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mickey and Minnie Mouse. And then all of a sudden, I go into the house of mouse. And I mean, it's just, it's just complete <laughs> jubilee. I mean, it's crazy. All of a sudden, Mickey and Minnie come rocking through the door, if you will. And, uh, we, I usually have everyone on the dance floor dancing, including, including the bride and groom, of course, dancing with Mickey and Minnie for a song or two. Um, and then right after that, we'll walk everyone over to the cake, and Mickey and Minnie usually will help you know, cut the cake um, if the bride and groom are cool with that. After that, that's picture time. So the photographers take it, all the family photos, friends, everybody's taking pictures. And then following that, I try, if there's enough time, to bring Mickey and Minnie, the bride and groom, back to the dance floor to do a slow dance. Uh, I'll pick like a whole new world from Aladdin or something. Um, it's a real special moment. It really is. Uh, and then and then basically they, they set off on their way. Everybody cheers them on and, you know, the magic continues. That's great. So then what would you say you like most about doing Disney weddings as opposed to any other kind of wedding? That's a really good question. Um, being a part of a great team. I mean, the, the people there, they're just un, unbelievable. And, and we all have each other's back and we've been together for, for many years. And, and um, think about it. I mean, I have the fortunate opportunity to basically make people happy on the happiest day of their life at the happiest place on earth and where quote where dreams come true i mean that's that it's a little surreal if you think about it so 
you know, it's not all about, oh, making a living and the money, money, money and the gigs, gigs, gigs. I, I take it very, I take what I do extremely serious. I have fun. You know, I guess some people could think I party for a living, but there's a lot of responsibility with that because you're making or breaking. You know, people always say the DJ makes or breaks a wedding. And there is some truth to that. But honestly, the people make or break, the guests make or break a wedding. But the cool thing about Disney weddings is, Everybody's always in a good mood because it's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> good <laughs> so, You know, I don't say, I mean, not everybody all the time, of course, especially when you have a little, you know, one or two year old that's screaming at the Magic Kingdom or something. But for the most part, people are pretty much in a joyous place. And, and I, I guess to, to summarize that, that, the answer to this question is the highest level of expertise, perfection, and attention to detail. I mean, it's really unmatched. We, we, we take it serious, but the level of perfection of, of what we do at Disney's Fairytale Weddings is, is pretty, uh, pretty award-winning, if you ask me. Well, that's great to hear because you do get to see sort of how the sausage is made, so to speak. I mean, you're, you're seeing the inner workings, and so if you still think it's great and that the teams are great and you guys all work together well, that's really wonderful to hear. Thank you. Yep, that is, that is right on the money, too. So now if couples are shopping around for a DJ, they want to put in a special request, what are the kinds of questions they should ask when they call and chat with a potential DJ? Well, at, at Disney, it, it works a little bit differently. I mean, it's really, like I, like I mentioned earlier, it, the wedding coordinator becomes the bride's best friend, if you will. I mean, really, you know, I would suggest that the bride, the couple's confide into their wedding coordinator. And once the wedding coordinator can fill out the couple's personality, their likes, their dislikes, they're pretty sharp cookies. I mean, they, 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 they know who will fit what wedding, if it's, you know, how high profile it is, how, you know, if, if it's, but, but I think it really boils down to the personality of the couple is what I'm trying to get at. Does the couple want someone that's out there with those Mickey hands and Mickey ears and then acting crazy and going, you know, real interactive with everybody playing games and all that? Or do they want somebody so laid back that they don't even know that a DJ is even there? Or do they want someone in between? You know, what I mentioned about being on tour and having to deal with or learn all the different cultures and everything. Um, one of the really cool things is, you know, I've been able to adapt all, all of the DJs really at, at Walt Disney World have been able to adapt the situation on the fly as it's coming at them because nothing is ever, you can't, you can't be sure that of, of anything because there's so many different dynamics and changes that take place throughout the course of an evening. I call it the roller coaster effect. Okay. I get brides sometimes that are like, I want that dance floor pack from beginning to end. And I'm like, well, there's dips and valleys. You want that. You want people to be able to catch their breath and be able to enjoy their cake or be able to conversate and, you know, make sure that music, this is part of that psychology I was talking about. Um, you want the music not to be so loud during dinner that people can actually hear each other because they haven't seen each other for a while. So they're visiting. It's a special moment for them. So to answer your question, as far as the DJ selection at Disney, you know, there are different blogs. You can learn a lot about who's the best of the best and who you believe will fit your needs. And, and, and let me tell you, the best information you're ever going to get is from a past bride's experience because they have nothing to hide. If a, if a bride got scorned or, or got, got something went bad, what do they have to hide? They're, they're not going to go out of their way to intentionally hurt a wedding vendor. I and mean, this goes for anything. You know what I'm saying? But let's just talk DJs. They're going to tell you the truth about their experience, about the communication aspect of it, about the party itself and how everything went down. They're going to tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. They have nothing to hide. That's one good thing about these blogs that are out there. There's a lot of information to be found online. That's great. Now, speaking of online, is there any place online where people can go to learn more about you and your book that you wrote? Well, thank you so much for asking. My book is called Wedding Perfection. You can go to Wedding 
perfection.info. It's the art of creating the perfect wedding. You know, I have some celebrity weddings. Uh, you Backstreet Boys fans out there, I actually did Howard Duro, Harry D's wedding, um, how he came in by helicopter and, and for his reception. And Debbie Gibson was there singing in, the, in sync. And all the boys were there. I mean, it was surreal. It was, it was crazy. We took like an Olympic-sized pool and covered it um, with a dance floor. It was wild. Some NBA players. I mean, it's just, it's just like an on-the-go reference guide, wedding planner, and therapist all in one. I made it small. I made it quick. It's on iBook. It's on Nook. It's on Kindle. Um, and then MessinaProductions.com is my main company website. And MyCelebrityDJ.com seems to be the website that most of the Disney brides are visiting to see the pictures, the galleries, and, and to get a good feel. So that's MyCelebrityDJ.com. So there are a couple of places people can find you online. Yeah, what else? <laughs> and I even know them, too. <laughs> I just want to make myself accessible, that's all, because I want to answer any and all questions. That's smart in this day and age. So, well, thanks so much for spending the time to answer my questions and, and educate my listeners a little more about what they can expect and what they should look for when they're planning for their own weddings. Thanks. Hey, I love your podcast. You're doing great things, and thank you so much for the opportunity. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide. Available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at passporter.com slash weddings.asp or in print at passporter.com and amazon.com. 